behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with a very important message. You might notice that there are two episodes out this week, and we know that we have this platform and we have to speak up and get together. So today's episode has the intention of creating a space where we can all listen, learn, and take action. We always talk about Skinner's verbal behavior and the necessity of a speaker and a listener. Today, Casey and I are going to shut our big mouths and we are going to be the listeners and we have amazing speakers here for you guys today. Our goal of today is to use our platform to have a created a to ask real, raw and honest, sometimes scary questions. We hope you leave today with actions you can actually do and act on immediately. So Casey, take it away with who we have here today with us. Absolutely. We are first off um, really grateful and blessed that these women wanted to come on. They are some badass people in the field and um, we're excited to chat with them and learn all about what's, uh, what, they're, what they're putting out there. So uh, Vanessa Bethea Miller, Okay, this, she's a CEO of two ABA companies. Stop right there. Holy shit. <laughs> a mentor. She's an author of a children's book, which I read this morning. And it, oh. it's so awesome. I got it on my Kindle. Um, I know it's called I Know What I Want to Be. And it's just the most precious children's book ever about a little girl wanting to be a behavior analyst. And I loved it. So props to you. Um, you can and find then- it in the show notes, of course. Amazon. <laughs> uh, also, we have Alandria Seals Green. Um, she is also a badass BCBA and she's a speech language pathologist, which is a cool combo um, to wrap up together. She's also a mother. She's an autism thought leader, OBM consultant. I mean, these ladies have got it going on um, and they're doing tons of great work um, in the field. So we want to recognize that for sure. Um, so welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. And uh, we know that today's topic is, you know, not only much needed, but um, there is a, you know, a call to action for, for sure. And the mm-hmm. world is crazy, as we all know it. Um, yeah, and yeah, so first of all, let's just have you guys introduce yourself a little bit more. Um, whoever wants to start, Vanessa, you can go first. Sure, sure. So um, I'm a board certified behavior analyst. I've been working in the field for about 10 years now. Um, I'm also in a PhD program at the Chicago School. Um, oh, I'm yeah. on my dissertation, it's getting ready to start my dissertation, um, just some final thesis edits. And my area of interest in school has been the application of applied behavior analysis to the juvenile justice population. Um, and really branching out in that area. I actually have a bachelor's in criminal justice and mm-hmm. it has always, that has been my goal. That's why I came to the field. Um, so I do own an ABA therapy practice and we do provide um, services for children and adults with autism or developmental disabilities. And then we do a lot of out of the box stuff. So we have social skills groups that are pretty much open to any child. Um, we don't put a limit on who can come. Um, we have events. Um, ABA-based yoga, ABA-based social skills, uh, play groups, uh, just a bunch of different stuff so we can offer to our community that is low cost. Normally these events are only between 10 to 20 bucks um, unless, you know, obviously they're going through insurance. So we try to make it pretty open for everyone. Um, And then 
I do have an ABA-based daycare that we are getting ready to start, which is an inclusive setting for children with and without autism. Um, we're trying to just really bridge the gap. Um, we work with all types of children and see that there's a need um, for them to be in a setting that has those skills and those tools and kind of keep them there. And also for the children that have um, behavioral issues that are getting kicked out of daycare because the daycares don't know what to do and they can't handle them. Um, so trying to address that as well. Um, and then I do provide mentorship and coaching in my spare time. I actually really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much about me. And then the book, um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, I, one, one question from the listener. What, um, what was the process of writing the children's book? Just get that one I out just, of the way. Yeah, I just wrote it. Um, <laughs> it was weird. Someone was like, how long did it take you to write that book? I was like, an hour. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people, like, if I come up with something, I just do it. Um, mm -hmm. It could be a good and it could be a bad thing. Um, and then I um, obviously had to find an illustrator, an editor. I had an editor review it first. Um, I use Fiverr for a lot of stuff. So as a good resource, um, once it was illustrated, I uh, self-published, I had it formatted and then self-published on Amazon. Um, yeah, so it was pretty easy. So how did you and um, Landria meet? And then we'll go into her. Yeah, we met through um, a mutual colleague uh, who was also a BCBA in the field and kind of just been working on stuff together. <laughs> It just kind of hit it off. I love that. It's like how we out and I are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Soul sisters for life. And definitely, um, we always say you find your Casey to your Liat or your Liat to your Casey, you're going to get shit done. <laughs> like, if there's two people yeah, that like, are like, you know, action starters, then that's awesome. All right, Landria, what's up? Okay. I am <laughs> a, I'm a, I'm a, um, speech pathologist and also a board certified behavior analyst. I am the founder and director of Momentum Autism Therapy Services based here in Michigan. And um, I am also the principal of my own consultant group. And um, my focus there has always been um, what clinical leadership clinical leadership diversity. So I blog about that quite uh, frequently. I um, provide a lot of um, keynotes and um, webinars and seminar, seminar, seminars to um, school districts, um, parent and teacher training during the COVID uh, crisis at the beginning of it. Um, developed a parent train program. And then we launched that in our clinic, which was about 30% telehealth moved to a space of 100% telehealth. Um, and I have an online on-demand learning system um, for courses for special educators, speech pathologists, um, behavior analysts, and parents called SOAR. Um, and it's the slpaba.com and um, people can access different um, tools for um, early intervention and also school age and adolescent populations. And it's just on-demand training. Um, and um, finally, wow. I'm the co-host of a new podcast called The Fancy Black Lady. And we are proud of that. Um, my partner, um, Jamila Smith, and I have been working on that for quite some time. So that will launch in the next week. 
what's gonna be your song that plays when it comes on? Like I'm fancy. Like what's that one? It's fancy by Iggy. Oh, it's a good song. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a song without words because our voices are the um, the melodies to the beat that is playing in the background. So it's a good it's a good podcast. But we talk about different topics, current events, um, and we recently just. Um, you know, rearranged the order of our podcast because of the current events. So we delayed our opening, our launch um, a week or so, which is how Vanessa and I, um, one night I was up and I started <laughs> writing and I think I sent you a message. Yeah, and, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I sent you a message on Instagram. And um, all this time, we have each other's um, emails and we communicate via social media and direct messages, but we have never known each other's phone number. So we just got our each other's numbers today, actually. Um, no way. Yes. Seriously. Yes. That was Casey and I. That was Casey and I. For a, like, We hadn't met yeah. for... We didn't even have each other's phone numbers. It was just Facebook message or Instagram message for like the first six months of our relationship. Right, <laughs> right, <accurate>. right. Pretty <laughs> accurate. So we started writing this article. I put it on Google Docs and we got to town and we we uh, published it on her platform, her personal website. And we did it on my website as well. And um, it just took the, the passion that we both wrote from that perspective of passion that we uh, wrote from just kind of took leg, it got legs and here we are. Mm -hmm. So you guys, I just want to clear this for listeners. This is the most recent blog, right? The disseminating the science to eradicate social injustices. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, so that's, I yeah, it's awesome. It's why the science of ABA doesn't reach, which goes far beyond everything, which is why we had this platform is to reach everyone and what we should do about it. And it's such a great blog post that I was reading yesterday. So that will also be in the show notes for you guys if you're listening and you wanna go click on it and read it. Um, we'll link to their website and also where you can find them on social media, but great stuff. Like, yes, you're and can And before on. we go into anything else, while we still have people's I mean, they better stay attending the entire episode. I couldn't imagine why they wouldn't. But um, <laughs> while we have everyone's attention, can you talk about the call to action that you guys have put together? Yeah, it kind of it stemmed from that article. And I remember sitting there like thinking, um, you know, we're telling everybody else what they should be doing, but what, what are we doing? So it actually started really small. I reached out to Landry. I was like, do you want to co-host? You know, we can do this together because we wrote the article together. And, you know, how do you want to go about it? And I was thinking, you know, I think I'm just going to worry about New Jersey and PA, but I still would like you to be a part of that. And then that also took legs. So it grew much bigger than anything I would even have hoped for. <laughs> yeah, awesome. now it's a job. Now it's a job. It is. It's yeah. a job. It's be a careful job. what you put out there. Be careful what you put out there. So we currently have over 1,800 people who have registered in, I want to say, in, what, two days um, without any advertising, not a lot of effort. Um, and so we are appreciative of the, the community of behavior science that has um, said, yes, we support this and we do not take this platform lightly and also um, strategically thinking about 
who, you know, who are the partners um, and what are the thrusts of this new task force and how will we um, continue to have momentum after um, it's not as, as popular anymore. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. amazing. So how can people join this? Um, so I know on my bio, I do have um, a link um, in my Instagram. And, and by the way, Instagram is BCBA underscore Ness, N-E-S-S. -S. Okay, keep going. Yes, no <laughs> problem. Great. We do have a website, but we don't have an official domain. Like I literally made the website in the middle of the night. Wait, so I'm looking <laughs> at your website right now. First of all, you made this website in the middle of the night. You are yeah. amazing because yes, I know what it goes into putting in a website and uh, this would take yeah. me like years. It's the, it's the magic of the midnight mothers. It's the magic <laughs> it of when children go to sleep and the house is quiet <laughs> and the things that happen when, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's magical. I love it, that. It really is. Yeah. So I, it, I made that in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, and kudos. So we're still like, it, I, it was supposed, it wasn't supposed to get this big or obviously it was supposed to get this big and we That's just right. didn't realize it was. Um, so uh, we do have work to do on that end too. But yeah, so there is a website that's also on the link. I mean, people are still sharing it. Um, so definitely sign up. I know and that- the one, the one cool thing I could say is it is so easy to do. Like yeah. you literally have to put your email in and where you live. Like that is low response effort. So everyone go do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So what is it going to be like? Like give us a little like sneak preview a little bit. Well, there is we're a gonna, PowerPoint. Yeah. And we're going to talk about. Oh, problem. shit. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. We had to switch the whole format. Like, we, we, we switched it. To, <laughs> we wanted to have like an open meeting dialogue type of thing. But the, obviously that doesn't, that's not possible with 1800 people. Um, even if a thousand show up, it's just not possible. Um, we have to so, mute all major. Mute, mute all, <laughs> mute all, mute all. Hey, excuse me. Could you mute yourself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So um, we are going to talk about what the problem is and like yeah. just bringing background to, dis to the disparities that minorities and people of color face every day um, and just bringing in like that social significance piece, talking about that, um, talking about, you know, different ways that ABA can help, talking about like what our plans for are and how we're going to kind of go about executing it. And then also talking about the ethical considerations, right? So we can't just tell people to go out and work in social injustice issues or social justice issues if you don't have the competency to do so. So how do you build that competency and what are the steps to do that as well? So I love that. Amazing. Yeah. So I want to, you know, I just want to ask this question right now, but like, um, how can, and I mean, I know I'm sure you're gonna answer it there, but like a quick one for our listeners, like how can we, right? Not just now, but three to six months from now, 12 months from now for the rest of our lives, you know, support people of color and like flip the script. Like what are some like pieces of, pieces of advice that you have? Oh, wow. I know. Mm -hmm. I'm going big real quick, guys. I'm you going big real quick. I know. I know. Yes. I know yes. So, you know, the the meeting will also discuss the thrusts, the aims, the targets, you know, the side, whatever side of ABA you're on. If it's if you're, you know, aim people or goals, it will 
um, discuss what the goals and the aims of the organization are. And the it will have, I want to say, five categories that people can say, I see myself there and that's where I want to help. So we will separate those thrusts into uh, missions and allow people to pick their own mission. And we can, we'll have um, associated, you know, tangible things that can be done to help support that. But it's almost like, you know, you don't want to say after the dust settles, but after we have shifted a bit um, in terms of the excitement surrounding all of um, what is going on, the question is, so what, how can I also be impactful? And I will maintain um, the phrasing that I, that I continue to, um, to have when it comes for myself and when it comes when I'm asked this question and it's what, what do you touch? The things that you touch are the things that you impact. And if everyone decided to do that, instead of making it like this big thing out there in the world, if we focus on this big thing that happened out in the world, we'll never have the movement that we desire as human beings. So what things can I touch? Um, you know, when we think about in our field of study, um, when you are on committees, take a look at the table. Who's on the table? Who, who's at the table? Who's in the meeting? And if there's not a balance of, of thought in terms of visual diversity, um, if there's not a balance there, then that's what you touch. That's what you bring attention to. That's the, the, the move you make. Um, if there are um, platforms like conferences and conference committees, you know, do we need to have the same person speak at every conference as a keynote? Because we've heard that person before. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, so should we say, um, should, is it okay to have diversity panels when someone does not, that does not look like me is not on the panel? So even though we have people who are from Spanish backgrounds on the panel, um, but if we all like Michelle Obama, why isn't she, why isn't she represented on the panel? Like the, the look of her. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's what you touch. Um, and can I just stop you real quick? Not in a yeah. rude way, but like, exactly. Like you both have this amazing um, background in education and uh, Vanessa going for your PhD. Like you, you need to be on panels. Yeah. Both of you, yeah. more of you all, like, I don't have that. Like, I'm not going to put myself on a panel, but like, fuck us two. dumb little behavior bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't like, say two. that, but I get it. Yeah, I, like, I get it. Yeah. 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 You know, who's on the invited speaker list? Um, who is, you know, who's on the, the, the committee um, that are decision makers? You know, let's look at that. And, and then, you know, let's move ourselves away from announcing that we're getting up from the table to make a, to make a seat for someone else. It's like, if you make this about you, then it'll be about you. If you make it about doing what is right, then we get, we all get to maintain our focus. But when a person says, I'm going to, to, to get up from my seat and I'm going to help you. It's like, wait, there are people like Vanessa, people who have, who are working on their doctors, people who have doctors, I didn't realize they needed help. Right. I think, I think we need to check our Rolodex. Yeah, absolutely. Because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, we call our friends. Mm -hmm. 
that's very true. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's, that's such a good point. And you know what I've, this is what's been concerning me a little bit. So obviously right now, everything with Floyd is hot on fire. Like you said, there's momentum, there's movement, right? And what concerns me most, what I see is we become aware of something when it affects us directly. So even starting before this, right? Coronavirus, we heard about it in China. Okay, that's kind of scary. I wasn't so involved in it. I'm like, oh, that that's that really sucks, right? Then it came to America. Then it was like, okay, wow, this is this this sucks too, kind of scary. Then it comes to your state. Now you're like, oh shit, oh my God, I'm into this. I'm right. Now it comes to your county, like where you live, your city. Now you're in on this, right? Like you're, then you hear someone you know, right? And right now, this topic is hot and it's affecting people, but I don't think that I could say as a white woman, it's affecting me the same way. Like I'm, a, I'm disgusted what happened. I'm so upset, but how can we keep this momentum that it's not like right now, right? Like it's not just this moment that's happened. This isn't the first time this has happened. Like, right. That's what I want to know. What can we do that? This is not only because it affected us right in this moment. Like there, and I'm happy that we have a conversation here with like, I know that Casey and I could not do this on our own. Like we can't put ourselves in your shoes to be able to do a podcast on racism. Right. So like what, Very true. That I like, can you guys speak to that a little bit? And if we did that, we'd be assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, there are a few out there. Yeah. <laughs> Which we've been seeing. Yeah. Just, just so you know, that's how I feel. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, Sorry. so I think- We keep it one, real here, guys. We keep yeah, it real yeah, here. Yeah. I appreciate it. No okay. problem. Yeah. One major thing is like, you know, Landry was talking about, like, we have to scale down. We can't have these huge- aims and goals and not have like, you know, small observable steps. Like I talked to Pierre Lewis, who also is going to be helping out a bit. And that was one of his main arguments. Like, you know, what can we do? We need some deliverables. We need some low hanging fruit or, you know, stuff to get behavior momentum. So people that are involved see that there's progress being made and see that things are already happening um, just from their efforts. So, and we can see like throughout the field, people have been sending letters. Um, you know, I sent a letter to my child's school district. They want to have me in for a meeting. So to help plan whatever is going to go forward. So like, there are things that anyone can do. Um, I have a colleague and friend who is white. She wrote this amazing letter to the police department. She sent it to every police department in our state. She sent it to the Minneapolis. She sent it to everyone she could send it to. And that's what kind of like the more people that jump in on that and kind of do that type of stuff. Um, that's how we move forward. I know Beautiful Humans, they came up with their letters to out to the organizations. Like, do you see what we do as a force when everyone kind of picks up one? Like everyone joins together and we all go for that one common mission. Um, and that's really important. 
And then I know a big thing is do your own research. You know, people of color, black people, African-Americans, we are, we don't want to always give you everything. We don't want to tell you all the data. We don't want to tell you what we go through. Look it up. Like there is so much data out there. You can literally search it on Google and you'll, you'll, you'll find a book, a, a million books. Um, and that I definitely recommend doing that type of stuff. Sometimes on, I think own. it's, sometimes I think it's actually overwhelming. So yeah, like with what's going on, I'm like, Oh shit, which book do I pick up? Oh my God, there's so many. I mean, even in the field of ABA yeah. alone, like even if we're talking about Java, not even about race at all, I'm like, I don't even know what article to read. Oh my God, I'm <laughs> supposed to do all of them. And the same right now, like it's these, it's, it's kind of this, where do I start, right? Yes. And for me personally, I'm someone who, I, when I hear someone, like some individual's voice, right? Tell me like, Liat, this is what it's like. When I walk into the grocery store, they're not greeting me the same or this, then I'm like, whoa, I feel that. Like, I think sometimes it takes, I know it's this thing It's I'm sure it's annoying, like having to explain to everyone, you know, when they're asking you and, you know, I have questions about that too. Like, what is weird to ask someone at a certain point? Is it annoying when someone's like, how are you doing with this whole thing? Like, I remember when my dad had cancer, it was like, so how are you doing? with? It's like, I, I mean, yeah, not good, but like, I don't know what to say anymore. Like, yeah. like, I'd be like, yeah, we're fine. But like, we're not, but like, you know, so well, that's that in the first place. Yeah. Right? I can just imagine, you know, there's so many, there are more uh, kind hearted, come from a good place people then there are the others. And I can imagine how people have been silenced into not knowing they don't want to, no one wants to have a misstep because it's, you know, for, for lack of a better phrase, it's just hot right now. You just don't want to have a misstep. And if you are a white woman, if you are a white person, you are dealing with the Amy Cooper situation. And if your name is Karen, you're like, you know, you're, and everybody's oh my calling God. you that a Karen. lady lived in my sister's building. My sister's like. That's, that's some stuff right there. We can have that's some shit right there. Yeah, that's, that's. Oh my stuff. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh I mean, my God. You're, you're, you're dealing with all of that. And in your head, you're trying to figure out. So what do I say? What do I do? I want to be sensitive. I want to be all of that. So I probably would say if you have always been a kind hearted person, continue being a kind-hearted person if so, you have go ahead no well i was gonna say so i came out of this it was a jewish holiday last week that started on i think wednesday night so it's thursday friday saturday so like i wasn't using i don't use electricity at all on my phone whatever so i come out from the holiday and like i see all this stuff going on right i'm like yeah so i still like i'm like processing like what's going on wait this is really bad wow okay like right you're taking in the news um taking it in, I'm like, oh my God, I, I need to do something about this. Like, what do I do? I have a big platform. We need to do something. So I talked to Casey and we're, you know, I'm like, we got to use our platform to say something. Right. So like I did take like a day in between where I think most people started posting and I'm like thinking about what am I going to post? Right. See, that's like, the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> but then that, I got in that, trouble for waiting problem. a day. Then when I no, posted, I got in trouble. Problem. People will start using my behavioral terms on me. Like I expected a shorter response latency from you, Liat, with such a big <laughs> platform. And I'm like, 
well, fuck, here I am <laughs> trying to, you know, figure out, I reached out to you guys. I'm like, I don't want to be the one like trying to speak on racism because I can't speak to it on the same level, but at I feel like you're level. doomed. Yeah. Yeah. Like at, I'm saying on any level that you guys are speaking to it in. Right. And so I'm like, what? And I felt scared. I felt nervous. I felt, well, good. what do I boast? Good. Good. <laughs> I love this. Yes. You're supposed, it, 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 that it did what it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. So the discomfort that you feel right now and not knowing what to do is, is what many people of color have had to feel every day. And you are still expected to walk into these these spaces of profession. You're still, you know, walking in your university halls. You are still on the boards of nonprofits. You are still upholding so much. And at the same time, um, you are you have had to wear the mask. There's a poem called We Wear the Mask. And it's true because there is a mask. Now, I will say that there is a freedom in saying, I'm going to take off my mask and I'm not gonna wear it and that's it. But good for you that you were able to be, to, to have discomfort and I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna say what I, you know, I tell my, my son this when he, my children, when they make a mistake, I'll say, you know, just stand in it, feel what you feel because this is what it is. And then we fix it. But if we rush to post, then we have also missed the mark because is the point of it to post or is the point to move out of ourselves? You know, what upset me was the Ahmaud Arbery case. Mm -hmm. And Ahmaud Arbery was in his community. He was jogging in his community. And it becomes the question of, do you identify me as part of your geographical community? So here I am, I moved into this space. We have the same size house. Our property values are equal. Our children go to similar schools. You know, we, we like Miss Jones as a teacher or not, but if I am out jogging, are you, and something happens to me or my son or my husband, are you going to continue to, to the grocery store, to the church on Sunday? Are you going to walk over what you are seeing as something? Or are you going to stop and inquire because you identify me as part of your community? Mm-hmm. So even though he lived there, they didn't identify him as being part of that community. And so in our field, when people exclude us by omission or exclude us by not you know, even thinking that we belong there or respecting the brown and black intellectual capacity that walks into the room. Do you say, do you advocate? Not in saying, I'm gonna be an ally because if you do that, you make it about you. Do you just speak up and say, why isn't Vanessa involved? Oh, I know Landria or I know Adrian, I know these different people, you know, or, but if you don't recognize us as part of the community, then here we are again. So what can you do? Recognize everyone as part of your community. And the community is various circles that you are in. 
Wow. Okay. In real talk, <laughs> what you just said was amazing. And yeah, because I was really struggling thinking yeah. like, because then I posted something, right? I posted something that was like something I saw that I was like, wow, this is powerful. It was like, um, I can go for a run. It was like, like a white font versus like a black font. It was like, yeah. I could go for a run, Aubrey, whatever. Like I could do that right this. So like it was each person's name, right? Yeah. So I post that. Then someone comes to me and says, you're saying all police officers are bad? I'm like, holy crap. Like, no, I said nothing about police officers in here. That's not this. Well, like, that's, their, that's their own overgeneralization. Right, and... exactly. I was like, let's talk about overgeneralization here. I said, I'm not saying that at all. In fact, there's nothing about police officers in here. Like, But the current topic of conversation is what did just happen with a police officer to this individual. I wasn't talking about it at a whole, but it's like, yeah. So it is this place, and and then the way you say that, it does make me appreciate that this is a discomfort that you're always feeling, or individuals of color are always feeling. And you know, I'm in this group on Facebook that a lot of BCBA started with Molly and um, in Asia from the Autism Project, Global Autism Project, Global Autism Project, and she made a video today, and she was talking about this idea, and I think maybe. Um, what Landria was saying about that there's this thing that you're supposed to separate from your blackness. And like, and maybe that's that idea of like having to wear this mask that she was saying, like, as a woman of color, that it, that people are expected to separate from this. And, and that's impossible to do because it's part of who you are. Well, I'll mm -hmm. give you an example of a mask. So, okay. There is the mask of um, hiding from the stereotype of being an angry black woman, mm -hmm. right? That's a big one. That's a big one. And huge, one. huge, huge. And so- Can you explain that a little more? So there's the stereotype that, you know, when black women speak, they're a bit more aggressive. They are a bit more, um, they get angry so fast. And I don't know why she had such an attitude. It's those, those terms. It's, it's the, okay. the, the, those the descriptors, those biases yeah. that happen when okay. um, there is no, um, we don't want to really acknowledge that it was a situation that called for her to be angry. And so for the, so the mask becomes, I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to keep my emotions to myself and I will tell someone else after this is over and my, what I recognize as home and I'll be angry with them, but I'm not going to be angry there. So I've probably, you know, and I would probably thank my mother for this freedom. Um, but I decided to, you know, if I'm angry, I'm angry. And if you perceive me as an angry black woman, that would be your issue, not mine, because I'm mad. Mm -hmm. So I was in Chipotle with my daughter months ago, months before we couldn't be in Chipotle in the line. <laughs> and um, this woman um, walks up to my four-year-old daughter, three-year-old daughter, um, who had her shoes on the wrong feet. And the woman decides to walk up to my child. She bypasses me. And she walks up to my child um, and she says, oh, sweetie, your shoes. And, um, and she starts, she says, let me help you. And I turned to her and I said, you don't get to help her. Mm -mm. Our shoe, her shoes are just fine. And she said, but they're on the wrong feet as if I needed correction. And so <laughs> I said, um, 
Yes, they are. And I'm proud of her because she put them on herself this morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when she's uncomfortable, she will change her shoes. And she'll learn that way. And she will learn that way. But, and you know, I have, mm-hmm. you know, clearly vocal children. So my father, so my father, my son then says, who is she? <laughs> and my daughter, do we know her? <laughs> so these are, you know, <laughs> the, those that. are just my little people, but it, it's, it's amazing. It was like that implicit, you know, let me go to the child. Cause the mother clearly doesn't know. <sighs> Um, and, and we would think, oh, she meant no harm. She was just trying to help, but you don't get to, to, to help that way, nor do you get to assume. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the, the, the tiredness comes from having to do that in different spaces all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. or even like I've had experience where I've been discriminated against at work and I had, someone had to force me to say something because I was just like, if nothing's going to happen, I'm not going to say anything. And unfortunately, my verbal behavior and my, you know, my private thoughts about it. And yeah. I, I did say something and guess what? Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no. that's just another thing. So our behaviors, you know, our mask that we wear or whatever you want to call it gets reinforced because we don't really have a choice. Like we just have to kind of fit in where we get in and try to make it work. But I know a lot of us are kind of taking a stance that we don't want to do that anymore. I know that's why I started my own business. I don't want to do that. And nor do I want to treat people or want my staff to feel like that, that they can't tell me something or they can't come to me when something's wrong um, because I'm going to judge them based on my own biases instead of trying to help them or fix the situation. And you shouldn't like that's, you should feel like, yeah. like, why can't you just be an angry woman? Why, like, why does it have to be like, oh, it's an angry <laughs> black woman? Like, why can't you be like an, like, uh, like, we have a woman? bulldog. She's a bulldog. She's like, yeah. fire. Like, like yeah. you shouldn't have to, you know what I mean? Like, Those it happens stereotypes. all the time. It does happen all the time. What, what other things, what other things really like, because I think just even hearing this, like, really helps me. What other things do people say or do people, like are just so ignorant and don't understand that we could share with people here that just to create an awareness. Hmm. Oh, we didn't make a list. We didn't make a list for today. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, oh, wait, what's the We could have a million right things. <laughs> but, you know, it, with, within, within the work scope, I think um, the, you know, there's this, um, you know, you could go in and do an observation or you walk into the, um, you announce that you are the director of a, of a business and there is shock. I was just talking to um, a, a colleague of mine and she has a business in Texas and she is a um, Hispanic woman. Well, she's from, uh, she's Spanish. She is from Chile, but she was talking about how people walk into the clinic and are surprised that she is the owner and the director because she has an accent and all of those things. They're like, well, they feel better if they um, get the information from a person who is white. And, and, And let me say this, not everyone feels that way. Not everyone does that, but it is, um, there's overgeneralization sometimes on our part as well, 
because we may say everybody does it and not everyone does it, but there's a large majority. There's a large, <laughs> it's a large percentage. Like you can, yeah, um, it's probably yeah, pretty, it's pretty large, measurable. Does that yeah, happen yeah. to you? Yeah. Does that happen to you? Oh yes, oh yes. Yeah. I, it happens yeah. when I go, you go in the homes, you go to your client's house and they're like, oh, I wasn't, ex- that's not, you didn't sound, I wasn't sound like you. that on the phone. Sound like that? <laughs> what? Yes. I don't know. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, oh, I, wasn't I wasn't expecting, expecting you. Yeah. You're yes. like, well, how, bitch, what? I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm just like, he, oh. he, here is the position. Cause I had asked a colleague of mine who's a black male BCBA. And I said, how do you uh, feel when you walk into a home and you are the BCBA? Um, and, and there is some checking that I do as director. I will ask a family now, I will say, Um, The BCBA on your particular case is a male and he is black. I need my staff to be comfortable. Are you comfortable with him being in your home? And so, yes. Does anyone say no? We have not had anyone say no yet, but we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of, you know, how do we, how did I get to that question? Right, is the bigger thing. The fact that I have yeah. to ask it means that we have had a lot of instances where he's that not a fit or she's not a fit or all of those things. And the fit became you are you would rather listen to the white RBT or behavior technician and not the black BCBA mm-hmm. because there are spaces and places that the world does not always respect the, you know, the intellectual property of the brown and the black person. So it's like, oh, wow. How did you become a BCBA? Yeah, I get that question too. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like in shock. Are you in shock? No, No, like I'm in shock. Like, no, I I am. Like, I'm like, fuck you. Like, not you. Like, fuck these people. I'd be like. Well, do you say that really? I mean, you just. No, I would be like, I would be like, excuse me, what is the. You can't. No, but you can't because you have to wear that mask. Well, well, but you don't. The, there is the mask, and then there is compartmentalizing it. So you put it in the place that it belongs in, and so there are certain things that you expect to occur that can occur, and you put that there, and then you may um, give it to someone else. You may talk about it. Talk about what occurred with someone else, but it's, it, it's, it's a normal state. I mean, there are places that don't really want um, people who have Mormon backgrounds or Jewish backgrounds for that matter, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not okay, but it's what is. Okay. So, so I, wait, I have a question real quick and I am, I'm only gonna ask this because it actually infuriates me because <laughs> I don't think it should be a question that, needs again how did we get to this question um how can people of color better be represented within the field of aba <laughs> like I'm sorry, i just read that on my list and i was like that sh- what they're already when doing you- the work it doesn't like you guys are it's it, it shouldn't ha- that shouldn't be how can you better be represented in the field of aba <laughs> what do you guys think <laughs> i mean you need more mentorship um mm-hmm for RBTs and ABA therapists, um, kind of guiding them to maybe move on to take the exam. Um, there's obviously needs to be more collaboration um, and more communication with 
people of color, people, you know, going to school boards do, I don't know how many people go to the schools for career fairs. I know um, my daughter's school has a science fair and they let all the scientists come in and we go in and I'm like, we're science. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. Um, but then also you need more like diversity in the organizations. I think that's a big thing. When people see themselves in a field, they're more likely to also want to participate in that space. Um, so if I can look at a board and say, oh, there's African-Americans, there's Hispanic pe people, there's transgender people, there's all these different people and they represent the world. You know, they represent everyone and we can all relate, someone can relate to them and that's why they come to the field. That's why people come because, you know, um, it's similar or I know I landed in the field. It wasn't even where I was supposed to be, but um, yeah. That's a lot of people's stories we find who come on our podcast. They like landed in the field. This is not I guess I, <laughs> I, I guess I think that we need to recognize that brown and black people belong in all the spaces. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they should occupy all the spaces, not just some of the spaces, you know, not mm -hmm. just um, a diversity talk um, because it's a yeah. hot topic in the in the conference world and it is going to net you an increased dollar amount for registration. Right. That's one thing. The, uh, you know, when you look, when I look at conference pictures, I am, that's when I see, oh, we weren't there. They don't think that we belong there. You know, there are black investment groups, right? Why aren't they recognized and going to our um, equity and private inv equity conferences to show that there are black investment groups that um, are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and, and, and the like, you know, and, and being there, there are black people who have sold their practices. Why are they not represented? And why aren't they on the panels that talk about, you know, how I sold my practice and what that looks like? So it becomes, you know, you know, how you how can we represent, how can brown and black people be better or people of color be represented better in this field? The um, key people who are part of the, you know, key decision makers are, the, are we represented there? Because if you're not at the table for key decision making, you're never going to be at the private equity conference when you get an invited, um, when the invited speaker list goes out, you know, it's the diversity of thought and it is an economic um, value add to any organization to have racial and ethnic backgrounds on their boards. That's how you represent us in the field better. I, and and I, I think an action that we could take as, you know, like anyone who or we individuals, anyone is if you have the, the platform, if you are in charge, make sure that you are the one actively inviting these people to the party. Like, you know, because that's something that, you know, someone who's running these conferences should be looking at. Like, do we have that representation here? Are their voices right. being heard? You know, and that's something that I think just from listening to you, I'm hearing as that's something that individuals can actively do. That is a behavior that individuals can engage in is making sure that we are in, inviting different people of, you know, different races, different backgrounds, different religions, different, you know, just socioeconomic statuses to come to these to be heard, to, so that we could hear other opinions too, because it's, 
I mean, I, I could imagine also in this field, I mean, even us, okay, like we are two white girls here. But when we started this podcast, we had some uproar from the older white men in this field. That's what started sure. this field. Like mm -hmm. the older white men. And here we are two white girls. I mean, we also, again, are calling ourselves behavior bitches, which is like <laughs> the one annoying thing, right? But there, there, I, there's I like some the shock name. there. There's some shock there. <laughs> yeah, we wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to be heard. <laughs> so I'm saying we felt a little like sensitive to this. Like, well, why are they saying this about us? So I could only imagine what you guys feel. Yeah. Especially in a field that is predominantly... Uh, uh, you know, the most important thing that we wanted to do here at this podcast is, you know, sh you know, relate, disseminate ABA so that people aren't so like turned off by it. Like it is real life. It is human behavior. It is everything. And when you can start looking at it like that, you don't look at it just in autism. You don't look at it just like in that pigeonhole, which is amazing that we can do that, but it is everyone. And that's why what you guys wrote, right? your mm -hmm. piece, it's human behavior. Like there are action steps that everyone can take and, you know, engage in these behaviors. Um, and, you know, there's a big thing that I was reading recently is the, you know, A, well, the lack of research for in our, you know, history of applied behavior analysis for um, how we can actually help reduce racism through, you know, ABA in the current literature yeah. that we have is like none, right? For any type of racism or, prejudice. Mm -hmm. um, and there's one really good article I just read today. Uh, Can behavior analysis help us understand and reduce racism? A, a review of the current literature. Now, I'd be interested in seeing who the authors are, um, you know, personally, but do you, how do you guys feel about um, getting more research out there? I definitely think it's necessary. Um, and even there might not be issues, you know, research on social issues, but because I'm doing the whole criminal justice um, piece in the juvenile justice piece. There's a lot of research on social justice from yeah. the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. We used to talk about everything. I don't know how we switched to just autism, but Skinner, um, I just, I brought a book and they were like the first behaviorist to ever work with, um, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called a new learning theory, but they're the yeah. first behaviorist to ever work with um, juvenile delinquents and they applied the principles. So I think I understand how we, I don't know how we got to the autism box, but if we look at it as insurance, at thing, insurance, money, insurance, <laughs> the funding, right. Um, if we look outside of that box as it is behavior, like everyone's so confused about what's going on. Like, look at the principles. We know we, we are actually doing a disservice because we have the toolbox. We know what's going on. We can analyze and come up with some contingencies and no one's willing to do that. Everyone wants to talk about their opinions or what they believe or what they dislike or how, you know, you're saying this bad thing or you're saying you're saying this person doesn't like you and this person doesn't like you. What are the behaviors that they're engaging in? What are the functions of those behaviors? What are the contingencies of those behaviors? What are the setting events of those behaviors? Um, and looking at that the same way we look a client with autism. We do it every time. We, we do it yeah. all the time with our clients. And that's important. I think we are forgetting that we, we can do this stuff. We do need support. We can't just do it on our own. And then we also don't always have to recreate the will. There is so much research outside of our field on these very topics. People have already done the work. We just need to figure out how we can apply them in a single subject way or you know, in a different way and, and 
not be so quick to like push that research off. Um, yes. We don't need to put put out research on disparities. We know the disparities. I can give you 20 articles on the disparities. <laughs> it's yeah. out there already. So why are we trying to recreate the real? Why, why can't we accept what other people have published as well? That's outside true. Outside of our field. I like That's that true. a lot. Very true. Because there's really lots of research. Yeah, because there's lots of research on clinical leadership and African-American women, but it's in counseling education. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, should be okay. We could generalize. Yeah. We could generalize. Like we, yeah. we understand in our field the importance of generalizing. I mean, not generalizing in a bad way, generalizing in a way. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that, that benefits. benefits. Yeah, yes. like if, if this is yeah. talking about leadership, oh, well, this is also leadership, but in another field, you know? So yes. yeah. And that's yeah. what other field like ACT is doing a great job with getting into the mental health field and, and looking at things with that ABA perspective. But and I'm not as familiar with ACT. I'm, I'm in the process of like going through the trainings and stuff Same. like that. But but from what I've seen, they have been able to integrate into the mental health field and bring substance based on the principles of ABA. They they've done that. Like, why can't we as a field do that? We can. It's, it's, it's a, I feel like it's a choice. And it's, it comes down to reinforcement. There's more reinforcement in working with autism. There's higher pay rates. Matching you know, you law. Go to these other, matching law. Matching law. Yeah, you go to these other areas, you might not, like juvenile justice. I might not. That's why I went to get a PhD, because there are no jobs. I, don't, I haven't found one. Um, I you're going to create your own. Was, that's what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. I found one in Texas, but <laughs> I wasn't moving to Texas. Hey, girl, I'm here. <laughs> no, I got a family, so. <laughs> yeah. And and but two yeah. companies there, so. Yeah, so, you know, you got to have to kind of have to build the competency in that area. If that's what you yeah. want to do, you know, make sure you get the supervision, make sure you get the leadership, make sure you get the mentorship, but it's, it's the our ethics doesn't say you can't do it. You just have to do it the right way. Yeah, yeah. I was reading a lot of research on, um, you know, the RFT, you know, the derive derive relations, mm-hmm. how racism is like, um, you know, how it can be formed based on like things that they watch on TV, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, little, little kids, like the cartoon characters are white doctors, white this, right? And like, not mm-hmm. the brown or black ones. And so they, yeah. you know, they can derive mm-hmm. that, oh, that doctor's nice. That other one's not nice. Brown, blonde people are mean, right? Like I was just reading this whole research article about it. And it's, very it, true. it's, it's, it's I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, we need some we new, new relational frames. Exactly. <laughs> switch those the derived relations. The whole world needs to switch those. Yeah, those derived relations and like forget their learning history, forget their whole, you know, whatever contingencies they've come into contact with that, you know, have reinforced their behaviors. They need to, it needs to switch. That's what needs to happen. And yeah, I think I that, know, yeah. but, but, but you can't go, you know, are, are we really, are we really going to go up against Nickelodeon and the Cartoon Network or am I, or am I just going to make sure that, um, we have books in our home library that have better diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, when my son was born, all he had was um, books with characters who looked like him. Mm-hmm. So his board books, um, there's a great book called Chocolate Me, and my son is chocolate. And mm-hmm. so I would always talk about how he's chocolate and everybody loves chocolate because I knew that when he became a certain age, 
that he would be faced with, you know, colorism, because that's a thing, but, you know, that's a separate topic, but he would also walk, walk into worlds where he is the only chocolate person. And so I needed him to understand that in and of himself, everybody loves chocolate. They may not recognize it at, enough. They may not, you know, acknowledge it verbally, but at the core, everybody loves chocolate. So I needed him to, to know that. Um, but in our clinics, board books, how much of our material is diverse? You know, when we put out our orders for our materials and for storybooks, there are puzzles that have brown character and there's a, you know, a guy and all he does is make brown characters in his puzzles. That's all he does. That is and awesome. so, you know, what, what do our materials look like in our clinic? My point is, is that it starts there. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You can control yeah. what they're, you know, exactly. they don't have to watch those cartoons. Especially even, I mean, yeah. for all kids in general. But yes. With, with, but, yes. but also like you're talking about in these clinics, like working with a lot of kids with autism who like, they need multiple examples, but I think all kids do. Yeah, you know? they do. Yes. That like multiple examples, like this is a human and this is a human and, and this is a human and this is a human. And right. Like we're always trying to teach these multiple examples and the importance of it. And I wanted to ask you something that I briefly asked you about before the, we started recording. And I liked your answer because, and I told you, don't be scared to give me any answers. I can handle it. <laughs> and I love it. And what I said, I was asking, a lot of people will say, I don't see color, right? I don't see color. Like, and it's not yeah. because they're colorblind. Um, <laughs> my ex-boyfriend was colorblind, actually, between purple and blue. That was interesting. <laughs> matching clothes, but, um, people say, I don't see color. And what, when I was reflecting, like just thinking about that and I, like, I know I kind of mentioned and people saying, I don't see color. And I think that that's kind of a problem too, because, yes. you know, people would say, mm -hmm. Liat, like, you know, well, the Jewish people, a lot like, you know, I'm Jewish, a lot of Jewish people, a lot of people don't like Jews. A lot, there's a lot of anti-Semitism, a lot of hate crimes against Jews, whatever it is. Yeah. And, but I still don't feel that I could relate to people of color on their level because yeah, I'm Jewish, but I could walk in somewhere and I could look like the rest of the people in the room. Mm -hmm. So like, I think for someone to say, I don't see color is, and I, I guess I want to know how you feel about that when someone says, I don't see color, because I kind of think that it's important to see everyone for what they are and still seeing them as an individual. But I just kind of want to hear what you have to say on that. Well, yeah, also had said, you guys, I'm going to say what she really said. She said, you know, I, you could be red, <laughs> black, purple, turquoise, oh, I did say teal, that. green, uh, <laughs> Flamingo color pink. Right, 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 right. In, in, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, no, tell me what I said. I like it. Tell me. You yeah. had a great response. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I hope you see color. We should all see color because not seeing color would invalidate someone else's presence. And I don't want my presence invalidated. And I would speak for Vanessa in saying that she doesn't want her presence invalidated either. But mm -hmm. I, I think we're at a place in our lives that we are able to have, you know, we, we've grown up now, right? So we're able to have some real conversation. 
And, you know, when a person says it doesn't matter if you're black, white, red, green or purple, the, the point is, is that red, green and purple are not colors of people. So we are still left with black and white. So we've got to be able to get to the core of what it is. And, and, and I know the intent and I know the space and the heart from from how you say it that it, it you don't mean any harm no but i like and, that you told me it i like i yeah, like it you don't mean any harm but it's also very important that we move away from catchphrases and we start to use real sentences with real words for the length that it needs because i don't know the deep structure that you speak of when you say something i need you to bring it up and i need you to say it but i need you to say it out loud not just to me I need you to say it to your friends. I need you to say it, you know, in restaurants, when you see something, say something, right? I need you to be able to see it because that silence would say that you agree with what is going on. And I know you don't agree. And not everyone moves, not everyone is as But there's also not always vocal. this context, right? There's not also like this, you maybe understood because like we were talking yeah. in a context and I explained, but that's not always the case. So it is important. For someone to use to all the up. words. Yes. Yeah. To use all the words to speak up and then not make it about you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I feel uncomfortable. I it. Like it's making it about <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I feel uncomfortable. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Wait, but oh. you also did say something about like, if you're talking about not seeing color, it's also, you said something. So fix me with, what I'm saying that it's like not and I like that you're like it you're like it's like not seeing I don't know if you I don't think you said this exact example but like someone in a wheelchair you can't see that they look different oh, that, in a wheelchair yeah. like yeah like yeah. Well, you're you you're ignoring it like yeah. yeah you can see you know if someone is wearing you know a certain type of clothing you see that difference if someone is um you know in a wheelchair you see that difference if someone is um looks different from you you see that difference you see that children see that I mean, I can't tell you, you know, my child, I have to always correct them. Like, you know, you know, that person may, they might not be able to walk. So this is why they're in a wheelchair, but I don't just let her say what she says and then dismiss it. Like, no, let me correct you because what you're saying is wrong. We don't judge people about what they look like. We don't talk about that. And they're in a wheelchair because they might have difficulties ambulating and they can't get around. And we, I know we can do that in those instances, but why can't we do that with people of color? Why do we have to say we all, you know, I don't see color when you, you do, you see the color, you know, that there is a difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And I think it's interesting. Cause I mean, I just had my, my nieces, um, just left from, I mean, they're, they live in New York city. I told you and that they lived in that, that freaking building, building with, with Karen. With, no, <laughs> you know, one of, one of my friend Jamila says, call her by her whole name. Say her entire name. So people so know. They live, in the, they live in the building with Amy Cooper. Like they, they've moved since then, but yeah, like literally. Um, so they came from New York because of COVID, right? They like came down to Dallas for um, a while. And my nieces, they're twins and they're like two and a half, almost oh. three. And they, they were, so I, I told you three of my fingertips have frozen off. Like I'm missing three fingertips, right? So like they're, into painting nails, pretending like they're painting nails, right? And so they're painting mine and they're like holding my hand, like <laughs> searching like, well, where is like, well, where is that part? Like if I'm painting the middle finger and they're like, you know, like, and that's so, like, 
I'm thinking when you say this example, it'd be the same as my sister being like, what? Her hand is perfectly normal, right? Like, right. There's nothing wrong she's sitting with there. Her hands. Yeah, like that's perfect. That is like, so perfect. That's, that's what it imagine. Like, yes. like, like it's weirder for me to be like, what do you mean? Like, so the kids like, <laughs> you know, like, no, there's like a definite, like, there's no nail there. Like, it's shorter than the rest. I'm, I'm confused, <laughs> you know. So at first, I mean, just for fun, like I was having them look, and I'm like, what? You know, like, and she's like. What happened? Nothing, 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 you know, like, and I'm like, and it's like, it reminds me similar. Like if I were to just be like, no, 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 they're totally normal. You know, like there's nothing. It's, it's and, weird. And again, it's, it's not that it's normal or not. Like it's just, it's different. Like it just looks different, different than the other one. Right. Not normal right. or not right. normal. It's different. Right. It's still a finger. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's still a finger. It's okay. Yeah. But like, it was okay for them to realize like, yeah, you know, they see, I remember doesn't when I was a little yet. girl. I was a little girl and I was, and I don't know why I remember this, but I was in the mall with my dad and a little Caucasian boy, he came up and he rubbed my dad's skin and like ran back and said, daddy, it doesn't come off. And like, oh. <laughs> like, I remember that to this day. Um, yeah. And wow. I, I remember saying like, what is But that could be a about? teaching opportunity. Like maybe like, I don't know. I don't remember these, what these parents, these child, parents should have said yes. something. Right. So, and then there's a, there's a, this is off topic, but there's an episode of Working Moms and it's the same thing where there's a little girl who's white and she's talking about how she doesn't like this black person. And the mothers are like, the mother and father is very vulgar show, like behavior. I've bitches. seen it. Yeah, I've, right. seen it. I've, yes. seen it. I've seen it. I love so it. She's like, she's like, oh, right. fuck, what is going on? We got to fix this issue. And like, that's how <laughs> it should be addressed. Like, it's yes. something where they're like, well, obviously they might've been a bit much like trying to force them to play together and stuff like that, but it still should be this teaching moment. Like we shouldn't just be like, all right, she said she didn't like, you know, the, she didn't like the girl in the class and that's it. We don't care about it. You know, we're not going to worry yeah. about it. Um, yeah. You have to teach those moments. And I don't know what happened with this little boy. I don't remember that. That I don't know. Cause I was so young, but it, kids see color and it's, it is their, they are shaped not to. They are shaped to engage in these behaviors, so. But that's like a perfect, because like, I mean, a lot of kids, like it is their innocence at first, right? Like they yeah, generally yeah. are People interested. Like, like why, why was that yeah. person a different, you know, like why? And, but like, that's a learning opportunity, you know, in right. terms of, but I think a parent might be like so embarrassed that they're like, Right, right, like pulling yes. them away instead of being like, think, hey, yeah, like, you could say hi. Look, there's people of all different colors. Do you see? There's a little boy there, like who's Indian, you know. Uh, there's <laughs> someone there who has a little dark, whatever it is. But I think it's really important to use those, um, those natural environment training opportunities that come up with young kids because young kids do call things. Out. I mean, my brother has autism and he is 21, and like he like it's his innocence that he'll call things out, right? Like we're at a sushi restaurant. He'll like automatically bow to them. Like, cause he's watched like TV, like learning about culture or whatever it is. Or like you have pimple, right? He'll tell someone and we're like, oh my God. Or like, Gal, I love you, 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 you fat, you like, and I'm like, Gal, you do not say that to someone, you know, like, <laughs> but like the, all of these are learning opportunities. And I'm sure you see it with autism, especially also because a lot of these things are like, you know, like these social, uh, different level things yeah. that are appropriate that we learn. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. my brother will say things and I'm like, oh my God. Um, but I, I just think that that point that you said to me, like, I liked that you were like, you know, I can't stand people say, I don't see color. So I appreciate you saying that to me. I like someone like, shutting me up or putting me in my place. So thank you. <laughs> and I had to be honest and say like in a group I had said, like, 
you know, my take on it was I grew up, you know, um, with a stepdad who, um, was black and my whole half of my family is. And I go, and I was like, I don't see color. And I was saying it from a way of like, yes, basically I'm not racist, but like <laughs> when mm -hmm. it came <laughs> off as it's like, people were like, well, you should. And, and I, I was like, yeah, you know what? It, it was a turning point for me. I'm like, absolutely. Like, of course I see it. Like, that's not what I meant, but like right. being mm -hmm. able to address that. All right. So I want to wrap this up with one last thing I want to say. All right. So the chocolate needs to be your next children's book, the two of you. <laughs> Everyone chocolate loves love. chocolate. Everyone loves chocolate. That for the next children's book, you too, because I know you're going to do some next action steps. And um, what, how would you, I have a lot of people, parents, right, of, you know, their kids, how do they talk to their kids about this? Like any like advice? There's, there's actually, re there's stuff out there. There's materials mm -hmm. out there. Um, yeah. Um, I can't think of the names off the top of my head right now. Okay. <laughs> talk, talk to their kids about like which side, you know. Like about there is the just racism and about like what's going on. So, um, you know, I, I talked to my seven-year-old son. Um, and of course, my three-year-old daughter is in the backdrop. But my seven-year-old son, like, you know, when the Trayvon Martin thing hit, um, when it hit, when it, when, it, when it happened, when he was killed, mm -hmm. um, I did not want my son walking out of our home. Um, and he likes to run across country. Let me say that. At his school, they run across country after school. He is part of that after school activity. And he is one of two brown boys in a sea of non-brown, a sea of white boys mm -hmm. in a predominantly white neighborhood running cross country after school. And so it was the fall. And I said to him, do not put a hood on your head. You have to promise me that you will not wear a hood. And he's, you know, yes, mommy. <laughs> And and he did it. So I I don't I, I never bought hoodies. Um, but in the at the beginning of the year, I decided, you know, he's gonna wear a hoodie because he likes hoodies, and he's gonna put on a hoodie because that's what he wants to do. Um, so I, I moved myself away from that. But the conversation that we have had in our home has been, you know. You know, this is what happened. Um, you know, so there are some very unkind people, and they have done these things to, uh, you know, black people, black men, and black women. And um, when we're out together as a family, we need you to send, you know, stay close to us, not go away, not go out of our eyesight, because we need to be able to protect you and um, defend you. Should someone say anything that's crazy? I need to be able to get him. Yeah. And so he's like, did you hear about what happened to George Floyd? And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did- first, well, That's the other did, thing, they know. They, they know. know, he found out. He he turned on the TV, you know, while I wasn't in the room and it was on the news. And he's like that, he put his knee in his neck and that was just awful. I said, there's people protesting and his immediate response was, well, we need to go and we need to protest too because this is not okay. And I thought, you know, well, we, we protest in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just- Disseminating, you know, disseminating. No, we, 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 we work to, to change policies and law. That's, That's how right. we, like that. you know, there are people that there's a place for it all. 
but the the meeting to change the law is behind closed doors. That's that's a good use of my skill and my time. And I think Vanessa would agree. And then yes. there are people who who march and there are people who are enraged and they do all of the different things. I don't judge any of it. Right. Um, but the place for me is, you know, what are the laws? How do we change it? And what, who do we need to contact? And how does that look? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you Everyone's say- Everyone's needed. Everyone's needed. Everyone. So all when you hands say, on deck. All hands on deck. When you say, <laughs> how do you, what do you say to your children? My question is, which side of the coin? It, am I the parent that tells them about what happened and how to protect themselves? Because that's a conversation. And then there's a conversation of what do we need to do to change it? And then there's a conversation of, uh, people who do, don't look like me should be also having with their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I think it was, yeah, both sides of that coin for sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I know our school district, I sent a letter to our school district because they hadn't said anything. Um, and they did actually provide resources for families to like um, different websites for families to go on that talks about how to explain racism, how to explain um you know, mass violence and all of that stuff. So I was happy wow. with that response. Um, and then they also called me in to come in for a meeting. So we will see what happens. Um, but that is how you do it. Like, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to speak up because yeah. of, they know the consequences of speaking up. But there are also laws like, you know, and I try to, you know, especially for African-Americans and minorities, remind people, I used to work in employment law for four years as a, a, a legal assistant. And there are laws that support African-Americans. There are laws that support mm-hmm. people based on their age, based on their gender, based on, based on their sexual orientation. And companies cannot discriminate against you for that. And if they do, that's a lawsuit. So sometimes yeah. you have to take that in, in hindsight. I know it's scary. I know it's hard especially if you're the only one and you have to do it by yourself, but there are, there is stuff that is in place to protect you. Um, and it, unfortunately, yes, maybe you might get some money. It doesn't get rid of the hurt that you feel in those moments. That's right. Um, but it still holds people accountable for their actions. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I've had a lot of goosebumps this episode and that's something that <laughs> our listeners know that if I get goosebumps, it's a good one. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, no, I just, well, I just she's love, like I a like, walking goose bump. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel, I just feel people's feels so hard that like all morning preparing for this, I was just, you know, crying and yeah, it was, my it, goodness. yeah. It, I mean, no, absolutely. Um, the world is a, a, a real rough place and it's been this way. It's not just now. And no. And, and if people think that this, you know, I think that the other thing is, you know, it's all on the police. It's all on, you know, what's, what's being publicized, but it's not just that it's much deeper than them. They're just the tip of the iceberg. It's mm-hmm. the systemic racism that has been built in this country for 400 years. It's still present. It's still there. Um, and that's the issue. It's not just, um, you know, the outside and what everyone can see. It, it's, it's a huge issue. Yeah. And I think that people need to have these conversations also. I think it's, really important because honestly, even just hearing like your individual stories, you tell me, you know, like you, you walk in somewhere or that you have the fact that you have to say, Hey, do you mind that a, a black male is going to come to your house and these kind of things. And it really just like, wow. Like, you know, these things that just kind of personifying it and, you know, 
bringing us into these examples, I think is really important also, because again, I do think that sometimes there's overload of resources at the same time. You know, it's something that I think we could not have to read all in one sitting, but continually be educating ourselves. You know, like it's not just right now because of just what happened. It's like, we need to know what's going on beyond this. And so I think, to be honest, like, again, thinking about having a conversation, I'm like, I'm like, is this going to be uncomfortable? Am I going to offend someone when I say, am I going to do this? But we need to, like, we have to. If you're coming from a place of love, no matter what, like, if you say something, like I had said, I I don't see color, like that was coming from a place of deep love. Like, so I I felt Mm -hmm. okay to be like, you know, let's talk about this. That's not like, this is where I was meaning with that versus like, if you, if you're coming from hate, it's going to be real clear. You're coming from hate. And like that, you, that is on you own that hate. Like that's on you. Like we Mm -hmm, need more love and we need more support. And I'm so excited. Can you guys give some details though? Like when the date is of it's the 19th, Juneteenth. Yeah. Juneteenth. Uh, 4 (laughs) p.m. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard, right? Which I love about Eastern you guys. Standard, yes. All these people want to do Pacific Standard, and it's like 9 p.m. my time, and I'm in bed at 8, so I'm like, this is Right, and I missed the, the mark. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's what happens. I'm like, I know. It. <laughs> yeah, so I was excited about that. Um, it's going to be great. and um, Yeah, and we have um, Pierre Lewis, Denisha Jingles, and Ashley Smith, who are also um, helping us out with this first piece and hopefully going forward. Um, so... Um, we have we have um, almost completed the formation of our board of directors. Look at right. you um, and people who will be partnering and collaborating with us. We will live stream to YouTube um, because the capacity has now reached. You know, it's that large. Um, and you and, wait till we share this; it's gonna get huge. I mean, I'm gonna throw <laughs> this on there like and, a, yeah, and, and I'm forceful. And, I'm forceful. I'm like, get your ass in there. Yeah, and we'll we'll um, di- have different actionable steps that people can take in the categories of um, where they see themselves. And um, Vanessa, I know we're offering uh, ethics CEU for that. Yes, yes, we decided right? to um, one point five ethics CEUs. Yeah, um, I actually need to put that out when I get home. <laughs> That's a big, big yeah, yeah. yeah everyone so, needs those ethics CEUs. Yeah, give some reinforcement for, you know, talking about hard stuff. Um, yeah. Not that I sh- we should have to, but. I was just going to say that, but helps. that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> we all know the, you know, <laughs> principles of behavior. Um, all right. I mean, this is awesome. I could probably sit here with you guys and chat forever. Um, Thank you. <laughs> we I like you. I like, it. I like your energy. Um and just everything about you guys. So thank you for coming on. And I know that- um, I think there's more stuff we could do in future. I could feel a lot of collaborations in the future coming up. Hell yeah. yeah. Yes. You guys are a great to share. There's a lot of stuff that I feel like we could have gone on asking today about Oh, I didn't even, I literally barely looked at the outline. There's like so- It was on my iPad, my iPad's been off. Yeah, I know. Four pages of outlines of questions and and things we wanted to talk about. And we, I only got to the first- Is there anything else you guys wanted to say that- you know what? I want to say this. The Please. BABA conference, the Black um, Applied Behavior Analyst Conference will be in Detroit, Michigan in 2021 in June. And I know that they are looking for sponsorships. Okay. Um, and so it would be really nice, um, you know, things like this to, I mean, it's um, the first diversity, equity and inclusion conference, which I think is really important um, mm-hmm. in our field. 
um, because many large corporations in ABA do not have DEI officers at all. Um, and that is something that the world is now has been doing that we need to do corporately. Mm -hmm. um, but they're having their first conference there. So it's important. I think that we um, everyone shows up and um, broadcast from their interview, their board, their presidents, you know, it'll be fun. If yes. you send me in an email, like a yeah, link let us put know. in the show notes that we can put yeah, like, I can, yeah. whoever they can contact to maybe become a sponsor yeah. or whatever it is. Um, that's a good place for that stuff as yeah. well. So. Yeah. Send me the details too. I'd, I'd like to see. Yeah. Okay. And then, I'll, then, then we can have lunch. We can have lunch. Yeah. We can have it. Yeah. We can have lunch. I love yeah. that. I love that. <laughs> Hopefully we can take our, our masks off. I mean, our literal, I mean, our literal <laughs> exactly. COVID mask. Okay. I'm talking about <laughs> literal face masks. All right. I know. When you we were talking about that earlier, I'm like, this also goes with the theme of what's going on in the world right now that everyone's wearing masks. So it's like, <laughs> Um, it's so true it's so true you know what i was really not expecting to have so much laughs with you guys like you know a serious very serious serious topic yeah. that's yes. going on in the world. Yes. but it's okay you know to come together and have community and um just be with like-minded people and like yeah. you know we're all humans yeah. we, we share a mission we're all in this field of aba so like let's look at what we have in common that's what i think that's is important right. also and so I have a really good idea for today to end our episode. So we typically end our episodes with love you. I say love you. Casey says mean it. But this time Casey and I are going to say love you and you guys say mean it. Okay. We're going to do this as a team effort. Okay. Okay. Isn't that right. we, we always end. Okay. Let's see if we can do this. Anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, love, love you. you. Mean it. Mean it. Yeah. <laughs>Hey guys, it's Liat here, and I just wanted to take the time for just a single second of your time and tell you about something awesome. As you know, Casey and I are super into this podcast thing going on here and getting it started. And I just wanted to let you know that there's an easy way to get it done. And that is what I'm gonna tell you right now about Pretty Easy Podcasts. Thank God we got in touch with the team at Pretty Easy Podcasts. They help you do everything from start to finish. They will get your show up there. They will record the episode for you. They will produce it. They will add bleeps in if you're full of F-bombs like myself. Whatever it is that you need, they will do it. When you first said you wanted to start a podcast, I was like, okay, we can do that. We have no idea what we're doing. I never really thought it would get off ground until we met Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast and he put all my fears to rest. He helped us get everything going from all of our audio editing and production and our song that we have, which is amazing, by the way. We're allowed to record from our own homes. He helps us with our guests. Um, he caters to our schedule. Come on, Leah, we are the worst with scheduling. I mean, I know we said we're going to have a podcast a week so far. We're out a few days, but hey, he works with us. That's what we need. But the point is, we were looking at how we could download all these different programs to try learn how to do all this podcasting stuff. But truth is, it's affordable. It's much easier to have someone do it for you. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com and you could get started today. So. I say go. I say if you want to be heard, if you have something to say, like we do, 
We love the sound of our own voices. And we found Alan who lets our voices shine. So thank you, Alan, at prettyeasypodcast.com. 